0: Welcome to Mind Over Muddle. I'm Michael C. Patterson. We're going to explore the relationship between left hemisphere distortions of reality and schizophrenia. In this episode, we will consider the strange phenomenon of hallucination. You probably recognize that I was reading uh, some lines from The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. I thought of the poem because it speaks to the vividness of our imaginations and how easily the constructs of our mind can begin to feel real and come to haunt us. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating... "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber-door, "'some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber-door. "'This is it, and nothing more.' "'Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, "'doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before.' These lines from The Raven evoke the anxiety and insecurity we feel when our imagination slides beyond simple storytelling and acquires the texture of reality. Hallucinations arise when our recognition that we are inventing stories in our own mind turns into the feeling that the stories exist on their own in the outside world. When make-believe becomes real... Innocent sounds and gentle tappings turn into alarming portents of danger. Simple shadows become hiding places for lurking demons. We become paranoid and convinced that the dark forces of the night are conspiring to destroy us. We know these visions to be the invention of our mind, yet they frighten us just the same. We pull the covers over our heads and try to drive these disturbing images from our mind. How much more terrifying when that self-awareness is lost, when we forget that the phantasmagorical images we see are the constructions of our own minds. How much more dreadful when we can no longer divorce fantasy from reality, when fantasy is confused with perception and the demons seem as real as ourselves. How disturbing when this dreamlike state stays with us during the day and when we can no longer tell whether the people in our lives are real or imaginary. This is perhaps what the world is like to a schizophrenic, a life in which hallucinations become real, a life in which a fabricated world blends with or even replaces the organic world. We are fortunate that many people who struggle with schizophrenia have eloquently recorded what they experience. By listening to their descriptions, we can learn about the condition of schizophrenia and also about what it is like when our left hemisphere dominates and suppresses our right hemisphere. One of the most eloquent accounts of schizophrenia comes from Ellen R. Sachs, who described her lifetime struggles with schizophrenia in her wonderful book, The Center Cannot Hold, My Journey Through Madness. Oliver Sacks, who we spoke about in a previous podcast, The the Man Who Mistook His Wife for His Hat, describes Sacks' book as the most lucid and hopeful memoir of living with schizophrenia I have ever read. Her account is hopeful because in spite of continuing to struggle with schizophrenia, Ellen Sacks has become a highly respected professor, lawyer, and psychiatrist. By the way, Sachs and Sachs are not related, as far as I know. Oliver Sachs is S-A-C-K-S, Ellen Sachs is S-A-K-S. And perhaps to presage her eccentricities, Ellen is spelled E-L-Y-N. When Ellen was about eight, she began developing odd little quirks. She couldn't leave her room unless her shoes were lined up in her closet. At night she couldn't turn off the lights until her books were properly arranged. But soon after, her quirks were joined by terrors that are reminiscent of what Poe describes in his poem. As she describes it, she had nights filled with terror, which came in spite of all other precautions organizing and straightening. The lights would go out, and suddenly it was darker in my room than I could bear. It didn't matter... If I could just ignore the sound of my heart thudding, that I could hear my parents' voices down the hallway. I knew there was someone just outside the window, just waiting for the right moment when we were all sleeping with no one left on guard. Will that man break in? What will he do? Will he kill us all? Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. I'm interested in exploring schizophrenia because there is interesting research that indicates that the distortions of reality that are associated with schizophrenia are very similar to distortions that arise when right hemisphere modes of thinking are suppressed, and we're forced to rely too heavily on left hemisphere modes of thinking. When this imbalance occurs, our mind becomes kind of schizophrenic. There's a special kind of breakdown in reality. As Ian McGilchrist puts it, There are extensive and very striking points of similarity between the changes that happen to the experienced world consequent on right hemisphere dysfunction, and those found in both schizophrenia and, to a very considerable extent, in autism. And further, McGilchrist makes the disturbing claim that modern culture suffers from a kind of systemic right hemisphere dysfunction. Our culture is dominated by left hemisphere modes of thinking, and, as a consequence, we suffer schizophrenic-like distortions of reality that are reflected in our individual behaviors and in the political, economic, and social structures that we invent. Put another way around, our brains may be muddled and our politics may be muddled because we are relying too heavily on left hemisphere modes of thinking and tend to distort reality and have become blind to right hemisphere modes of thinking that see the world as it really is. Our brains, in other words, are operating like the brains of schizophrenics. This is a pretty provocative hypothesis that I believe is well worth exploring. A quick examination of the schizophrenic experience might help us recognize when our own thought patterns are distorting reality in similar ways. Hallucinations are closely associated with the schizophrenic experience. What are hallucinations? A hallucination is the perception of something that isn't really present. Ellen Sachs began imagining that evil men were lurking outside her window, waiting for the right moment to sneak into the house and kill her and her family. I think it's safe to say that we all hallucinate. Our minds produce a non-ending stream of imaginary sights, sounds, thoughts, and feelings throughout our waking hours, and then at night we dream. What else are dreams but a kind of hallucination? Eugene Bleuler, the man who coined the term schizophrenia, put it this way quote, There are essentially only quantitative differences between the dream of the youngster who plays general on his hobby horse and the hallucinations of the schizophrenic in which his most impossible wishes appear fulfilled. All these are but points along the same scale. End quote. Somehow so-called sane people are able to recognize the hallucinations for what they are, just the products of our creative minds. People who slide towards insanity begin to lose this capacity to distinguish what is real from what is fantasy. I like Bluler's idea that the difference between sanity and insanity runs along a continuum and kind of a sliding scale. And I think many of us spend more time towards the delusional end of this scale than we like to admit. It is as though the magnetic pull of the right hemisphere side of the continuum weakens. The side that pulls us towards sanity weakens, and we are pulled in the other direction, towards the left hemisphere's particular brand of insanity. How often, for example, do we believe the voices in our heads that tell us we are inadequate, that we're fakes, that we're losers, or conversely, that we're frickin' geniuses who are incredibly gorgeous and desirable? These are hallucinations of a kind, aren't they? Or how often do we simply get lost in daydreaming, caught up in whatever imaginary scenario our mind happens to be spinning? How much of our day is spent dwelling in this fantasy land of our mind? For most of us, it's a lot. And how far down the insanity continuum are beliefs in the reality of ghosts, the presence of UFOs and alien abductions, or belief in the infallibility of deities or political authority figures? Apparently, we live in a world where a substantial percentage of the population believes that Donald Trump won the 2020 election And that the world and all Democrats are controlled by some deep state, a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles who eat children. I mean, come on. Our minds are constantly engaged in a kind of desperate attempt to make sense of the baffling complexities of the world that we live in. The right hemisphere is the more exploratory hemisphere. It reaches out to experience as much of the mystery of life as it can, and in doing so is somewhat constrained by reality. The left hemisphere is upset by mystery. It likes to know exactly what's going on, and when it can't figure things out, it makes things up. The left hemisphere invents beings and systems of thought that provide an answer that provides stability, even though the answer may have little real connection to reality. It's important to recognize that the left hemisphere only talks to itself. It rarely consults the right hemisphere on its own, so when the right hemisphere is suppressed, the left hemisphere doesn't have the ability to test its stories against lived experience. There are no restraints on what it believes. There's no error correction process. It is perhaps the right hemisphere that helps us recognize that the spooky shadows in the corner of our bedroom are just shadows, and not a lurking vampire. It is perhaps the right hemisphere that helps us differentiate fact from fantasy. So to keep ourselves on the saner side of the continuum, to keep our thoughts and feelings from turning into hallucinations that seem real. We need to make sure that our right hemisphere is active enough to keep our left hemisphere grounded in reality. Systems of mental management, like mindfulness meditation, work on developing just this skill. You learn to recognize when you are daydreaming and being swept away by your stream of consciousness. Oh, there I go again, thinking those weird and destructive thoughts about myself. You can learn to detach yourself from these thoughts and recognize them as simply thoughts, not the words of the gods, not instructions from some demonic, domineering authority. I'm not claiming that meditation is a potential treatment for schizophrenia, but I do think that mindfulness meditation is a technique that we can use to ease our mind towards sanity and away from the kinds of distortions of reality that muddle our minds. It is a way, in other words, to ease our mind away from left hemisphere distortions of reality and to bring us back into the right hemisphere flow of experience. If you are just tuning in to the Mind Over Muddle series, you probably should circle back and start from the beginning episode I try to construct the idea of using the hemisphere hypothesis to unmuddle our minds a little piece at a time. Each episode builds the, the argument. Well, thanks for joining me in this exploration of the human mind. Our goal with all of the MindRamp podcast episodes is to give you tools and knowledge to help you achieve what we call qualongevity longevity plus quality of life, the ability to live long and to live well. Okay, until next time, be well.